Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. As I said in the very beginning of Mass, in the opening collect or prayer, it's called a collect because we collect all of our prayers into one as the priest offers them. I asked God that he would accomplish the Paschal mystery in us, constantly accomplish the Paschal mystery in us. And a couple things we need to know. First off, most of us need to remind, be reminded of the, just what is the Paschal mystery, right? The Paschal mystery is Jesus' death and resurrection. It's this central mystery of our faith. In fact, the, during the Eucharistic prayer, the priest will say, the mystery of our faith. And then we say, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. So the death and resurrection of Jesus is the Paschal mystery. It's the central part of our faith. It's what you and I were baptized into. That the victory of Jesus, that he released into this world the capacity and possibility of us being transformed, renewed, of us kicking off the old man, as St. Paul says in his writings, and putting on the new one of us becoming a new creation, St. John says in the second reading. And so often, people in the church for many, many years wanted the resurrection, but they didn't want the cross. They loved the idea of the, the end result of the Paschal mystery, glory, transformation, beauty, fully alive. But the idea that it that comes with the cost, that they had to die to something, yeah, we didn't like that part as much. And so... Sometimes the church can emphasize that part. It's also true, sometimes we can emphasize the beginning part. All right, we know we need to die, we have to suffer, we have to offer it up. And there's a big emphasis on the sacrificial suffering part, forgetting that all of that leads to the beauty and joy of new life. So what is resurrection life all about? After all, we're in the Easter season. And if we don't get resurrection solidified in our mind and hearts, We may think, I don't really, I don't know, if do I want that, don't I? Do I float? Am I an angel? How does this all work? The resurrection, or when we die and rise, the rising part that we speak of is when you and I become more and more like the infinite beauty of God. That your life goes from, let's say, maybe an analogy, like sounding like a fifth grade band warming up before a band concert and ends up sounding like the Cleveland Orchestra. Or when you look like, uh, uh, you know, maybe a kid's bowling birthday party where you have bumper lanes and they're still going all over the place, to a professional bowler and you're getting strikes every frame. One way of living, and then you have to die to doing it that way, so that a whole new, more beautiful, glorious way of being alive comes to birth, comes to be manifest. Traditionally, we would just say, from sinner to saint. But I want to give a couple mysteries of this Paschal mystery at work, because while we're baptized in it, the seed of the resurrection is given to us in our baptism, and the sacraments help nourish it, and our life of faith helps it grow, there's still a dynamic in which we participate. We ask God to constantly accomplish it, but built into that prayer is us saying to God, Oh, and I'll, I'll participate in this. I won't run away every time I feel or taste the cross. I won't shut down and get angry. 
I'll say, okay, this is the path to glory. So last night I uh, was in Wycliffe because one of my responsibilities that the bishop gave me is to be the chaplain for Retrovi. It's a beautiful ministry. Uh, the word Retrovi means, is French for new life or reawakening, resurrection. And this ministry started in Quebec and it's for couples who are struggling. Some with small struggles that just don't go away, sometimes very big acute struggles, but for couples who are struggling. There's a weekend and some follow-up sessions. It's been around for about 50 years and it bears great fruit in people's lives. But last night I was with the group and I was given a presentation and that was in the early evening. And then I came back in our area and there was about 15 couples that got together in someone's home for a marriage renewal night. And they said, would you come over and give a presentation on marriage? So surrounded by a lot of married couples last night, which is a great thing. And my favorite thing is to do is to hear their stories because uh, married couples can have no problem sharing uh, the sins of their spouse around other married couples that everyone laughs. Uh, and it's a great experience. Right, so the second group was a lot of younger couples. And one of the things that one of the people were sharing is that how they've had to have this huge learning curve. That their marriage is good, but it's not how they ima imagined marriage would be. One of the things particularly some of the wives were sharing was that, oh, when I share with my husband, it's not like sharing with my girlfriends. That he can listen and understand, but it's never going to be the deep bond of emotional understanding that I have with my girlfriends because men and women are different. And early on, there was a lot of demanding, criticizing, impatience, worry, and fear towards the relationship. And as they've talked and they've shared, what's there now is a greater, a growing sense of acceptance, peace, and gratitude. I do have a husband who listens, who cares. It just isn't like my girlfriend's. See, she was living one way. Then she began to experience the cross. My husband isn't meeting my needs the way I thought he would. Now, she could have rebelled at the cross, which she did at first. Judgments, criticisms, the ego comes out. But as you make that descent, the conversations, the prayer, it's a very beautiful couple. They were praying together. They're going to the sacraments. They're reflecting. They're really talking it out. She began to see, oh, my husband is listening. He does care very much. It's just different. And on the other side is gratitude, compassion, peace in their marriage. The Paschal mystery, suffering, death, resurrection. Right? Another example of Paschal mystery can be in people who are taking their prayer life really seriously. Some of you have really gone really deep in your prayer life. Since I've been here, I've been very impressed at how many of you really pray every day. And so you're going through one way of prayer, and you love your prayer. Maybe you, you pray the rosary every day, like this is the best thing. But all of a sudden, for whatever reason, it's causing you some troubles. It's distracted. It's not exactly what you needed it to be. And you feel drawn to a different way of communicating with God. But it's like, well, I was, only, I was doing it one way, and I don't know. And that's a very disorienting process of letting go of one way to relating to God, having that die, to resurrect a new way of God, of maybe it's more silent prayer, maybe it's just scripture, maybe it's the chaplet of divine mercy, maybe it's adoration or learning to pray with God in nature. There's a dying to one way and a whole new, more expansive way of encountering God. It can happen in all sorts of ways. 
But one of the things that's important to notice is to notice your first reaction when the cross comes into your life. Some people, they automatically start pointing fingers, right? All of us do this, I think. Something's unpleasant, their fault. You know, they were more like this or they did, you know, they could have done it a million different ways and they didn't. So, okay, great. Well, what's happened is the cross, a suffering has come. And if we're willing to die to accusations, judgments, criticisms, we're willing to die to that way of being, what can resurrect isn't a doormat, but what can resurrect is a kind encounter, a conflict that's a fruitful kind of conflict. Can I ask why you, why you insist on calling me out at work in that way? Can we talk about that? See, that's a man or woman of integrity, someone who steps into the conflict, not to condemn or criticize, but to bring about, hopefully, reconciliation and new life. Die to gossip, judgments, criticism. Resurrecting is a man or woman who understands conflict is a part of life and it can lead to even greater life and even friendship at times. Or maybe for you, when the cross comes your ways, no matter what it is, you don't get angry or upset, you shut down. Like, I've done both of these, so I can talk and tell stories about either one. But like, you just shut down, you're like, all right, well, it's never going to change. This is life. This is how it happens. And you just kind of shut down, and you try to be as creative as you can to where you can find a way around it. Anytime we're trying to find a way around the cross, we need to hear, like, the red alert of the Holy Spirit. Be like, eh, 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 eh. Like, that's not going to lead anywhere good. The shutting down process. Okay, so if you're someone who shuts down, how am I going to find glory? How am I going to find the fullness of life? Well, i got to die to that way of responding. Okay, so as I begin to try to learn to engage when I'm suffering, or I learn to begin to reach out for help, or I begin to express what's going on, I die to my old ways, and what rises is a new, more glorious way of life. This way of life is written into every part of creation. God wanted us to know the Paschal mystery is everywhere. In Northeast Ohio, the winter months, all of creation dies in a gray-bismal death. And then we just, we, we have hope for a few weeks, and then we just give up hope. And then Mother Nature the last few years has ignored spring. But then usually spring comes, and there's new life. If you ever wanted to get into shape, you had to choose to enter into the discomfort, the suffering, dying to every snack on earth, and dying to TV instead of working out. And as you die to those things and work out, the transformation is quite literally seen physically. Or if you like a meal, what has to happen? Something has to put to death to give life to another. Chickens have to die. Cows have to die. Things have to be destroyed to give life to another. At Mass, we acknowledge this in just a moment, where you'll see me hold up bread. And during Sunday Masses, we normally have a song at offertory. But the priest says, blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. With your goodness, we receive the bread we offer you. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands. Right. It grew, and then we had to destroy the yeast or the wheat in order for it to become something else, for it to give life to others. The wine, the, the grapes had to be crushed in order to become wine, to then to be taken up by Jesus to become his blood, to give us life. It's written everywhere. Death and resurrection, they go together. We are a resurrection people. We, alleluia is our song. We are full of hope. But we also know that the way there oftentimes goes through the darkest, most painful, most confusing times in our life. The good news, though, is that Jesus did it first for you.
He died and rose first to say, I actually know. I know what it's like. And I'm with you, not at just the end zone, as if you got to get there on your own. I'm with you every step along the way, encouraging you, giving you my grace, so that through, with, and in him, we can reach eternal glory. And so this week, maybe the grace we pray for is, help me see how I try to avoid the crosses in my life, because those are meant to be the path that lead us to glory. Amen.